Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Have you ever been on a trip, perhaps a business trip or some other kind of trip that took you away from your family and now you're on your way home and as you're getting closer and closer that anticipation of getting back to where you really belong getting with those that you love the anticipation the excitement of nearing home well I want today to help us understand that that is a wonderful reality for those of us that are aliens, those of us that are away from our real home, our permanent home, that being heaven. For all Christ followers, we are citizens of another country. Our citizenship here on earth is just temporary. And, and it's a temporary blessing. Uh, it's a blessing to be a citizen of these United States of America for those of us that live here. But our real home is heaven. And the wonderful reality is expressed in First Peter chapter 4, the first part of verse 7. And it would be easy to go right past this statement or to miss what it means if we're not careful. Here's what it says. The end of all things is near. Or literally has come near. And so the first part of verse 7 there is talking about the end of all things. Now when we think of end, we think of a a secession of something. Of it coming to a close. But here it literally means the consummation of all things. And it would be the consummation of God's great plan. It is come near. And it's referring to nothing other than, Peter is saying, Christ's coming has come near. And for believers, we all uh, believe in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this was written, obviously, 2,000 years ago. And so you say, well, he sure did miss that one, didn't he? And here we are over 2,000 years later, and and, uh, Christ hasn't come back again. But he addresses that. Uh, in 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 another letter that he wrote, you see, with God, he's not bound by time. And so this is uh, uh, not talking about it in terms necessarily of years, like we measure years, but in God's overall plan uh, at the end of his age. Uh, he is, uh, things are, are drawing to a, to a close. Now, look, it could be uh, a day from now, it could be a month from now, a year from now, or it could be a thousand years from now. No one knows the day or the hour of Christ's return, but it is definitely a reality. Uh, The consummation is at hand. Jesus is coming. Jesus promised his disciples on the night before he died in John chapter 14, verse 3. He says, if I go away to prepare a place for you, I will come again to bring you to where I am so that where I am, there you may be. And in Acts chapter 1, Verses 9 through 11, as the um, uh, followers of Christ are watching him ascend and disappear in the clouds, and they're gazing up, they're staring into heaven. Uh, We are told in in Acts chapter 1 that some men in white apparel appeared. And those men asked the question, why are you standing here gazing into heaven like this? This same Jesus that you saw go away will come again in the same manner, in like manner. And so 
there was a promise that Jesus would come again uh, and he would come just like that in the clouds. And, and I want to tell you, um, it hasn't happened. You're right. It hasn't happened for over 2,000 years, correct. But with, as Peter said, a day uh, with the Lord is a, a, a thousand years is, is a day with the Lord. And, and so God is, is not bound by the same kind of time that we are. And then the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that wonderful, familiar passage to many of us, talking to those Thessalonian believers and comforting them because he had taught them about the coming of, of Jesus Christ back to this earth. But uh, some of their fellow believers had died and they're wondering, did they miss it? Did they miss out? And, and, and uh, Paul wrote them to comfort them. And he says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep or dead in Christ, so that you will not grieve as the rest who have no hope. For we believe that, uh, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, get that, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. It's okay. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Verse 18 says, Therefore comfort one another with these words. And so it is happening. And by the way, if we die first, if we die first before Jesus comes, we are immediately upon death, consciously in Jesus' presence. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there are uh, numerous uh, accounts in the Word of God, a number of accounts in the Word of God where we see someone died and they're, they're there consciously in the presence of, of Almighty God. And so uh, we will be with Jesus either way. And that's a wonderful reality. And so Peter here in this passage, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses uh, 7 through 11, is telling us how to live as we're near home? How do we aliens who are traveling on this journey through life and we're getting closer to home, how do we live? Well, the second part of verse 7 says this, be of, therefore, be of sober, of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Let me just say that again. Uh, let me read the whole verse. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. And here we have the first thing. And it's basically this. Keep a clear perspective in order to pray. Keep a clear perspective and pray. In the previous podcast, we talked about the perspective that God wants us to have. And, and I'm not going to review that. But being of, of a sound judgment and a sober spirit is, is a clear mind and a clear heart, a clear spirit. Uh, don't get caught up in in uh, the mess of this world and get your perspective clouded, but, but keep that clear spirit and pray. Waiting for Christ's return does not mean inactivity or just kind of, you know, going static and, 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 not, and not doing anything. But we are to first pray. And there are so many passages where we're told to pray. Pray without ceasing, Paul said in First Thessalonians. And, and in everything, pray. 
Prayer prepares us for right living. And what does that mean? That prayer is an act of communicating with and depending on Almighty God. It's seeking God's face, seeking God's presence. And, and so we pray first. And a lot of times uh, we get that turned around. We pray last. And God wants us to pray. Prayer prepares us for right living. Verse 8 says, Above all, overall, priority-wise, above all, Keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Oh my goodness. That fervent business there is to strain, to stretch like an athlete stretching and straining for the finish line. Keep a straining, stretching, sacrificial love for one another. First uh, John chapter 4 verses 7 to 21. Mark it down and read it. First John 4, 7 through 21. Uh, we learn there that love for one another is literally a part of a true Christ follower's DNA. Uh, he d- basically says that if you don't love God, you don't know God. Love is from God. We love because He first loved us. Love comes from Almighty God. And in verses 10 and 11 there in 1 John 4, uh, it talks about that we love like Christ loved, who gave Himself as a satisfaction payment for our sins. He loved us and he gave and he sacrificed and we're told to love one another that way and and we are reminded from from John the gospel of John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35 the the command to love one another Jesus gave there and he said by this love the world will know you are my disciples you're my followers love for one another love for each other tells the world that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to keep that in mind. And it says, love covers a multitude of sins. That's anticipating the fact that that among the body of Christ, we're going to hurt each other sometimes. We're going to rub each other the wrong way. And, and, and those kinds of things can be covered by a true, genuine, straining, working hard at it, sacrificial love. Do you think Jesus worked hard at it when he went to the cross for us? certainly did. And so as we are living, as we are getting closer to home, God wants us to live in love, in love for one another. Verse 9 tells us this, be hospitable to one another without complaint. And that basically is saying, be willing to be hospitable to one another. Don't complain, but willingly be hospitable. To be hospitable literally meant to entertain strangers, to open your home to, to each other. And we need to have a hospitable spirit that, that uh, manifests itself in hospitable deeds. Are we hospitable to one another? Relationships are so important in God's economy. And then verses 10 and 11 say, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And these verses just basically say this. Use the gifts that God has given you to bless the body of Christ. Each one, each one, all Christ followers have a spiritual gift mix. 
and and we are to use them as good stewards. In other words, they are loaned to us, and we are going to be accountable for how we use those gifts to bless the body of Christ. And basically, Paul uh, Peter is saying here, there are speaking gifts, there are serving gifts. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a prominent gift that's out front, or it's a gift that no one sees out front. But whatever God has gifted you to do, use that gift in blessing the body of Christ. That's how we live as we're nearing home, as we're on our journey home. We live in this world in a way that brings ultimately honor and glory to Almighty God. He belongs, the glory belongs to Him. The dominion, the authority belongs to Him. And we live in a way that glorifies Him as we are traveling home. I hope that today's podcast has encouraged and blessed you on your journey home. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.